Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome into the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. And also say hi to Emma, because she was uh, here in the show. With us. Very briefly. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. Just completely ignore me. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> No, it's always good to see Emma on the show. Um, uh, where am I at? Okay, I'm uh, Ramon Chavez. Thank you so much for joining us. And, of course, as always, my partner, Owen Evans. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. Not necessarily as good as I'd have been if the result was better on Sunday. But, hey, yeah. we'll uh, we'll move from there, I'm sure. New week, new attitude, new vibes. We're going to leave all the sun stuff, all the rising stuff, all that stuff behind. We're going to get into a good vibe here today. Uh, A lot to talk about, um, definitely for sure. Of course, we're going to touch on that loss on Sunday, 5-1 to the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Uh, We got some uh, updates today from the training ground and also some comments by Rick Schantz uh, and Santi Moore. So we're going to make sure to play that video for you in a second. And also, we actually do have some... Uh, midweek USL action. So we're going to talk about that and, of course, some of the results that happened this past weekend. So, Owen, let's just ri- jump right into it. Um, the uh, not, not a great time uh, <laughs> Sunday. Uh, I, I felt kind of weird doing the postgame show because there were there were fireworks in the background. Everybody was like in a like a sulking mood and the the fireworks were just popping on the side and it's just it, it just felt weird weird energy that day but now that it's been a couple of days since that loss had some time to regroup how are you feeling about that loss at home to Tampa Bay you know what let's just look at the numbers a minute from that game because I think sure. that that kind of tells the story um if we can just get those up Yeah, definitely not. not uh, Emma, Emma, Emma slacking there, but yeah, the numbers—they're uh, not looking good, are they? When you look at the pos- uh, here we go, the possession go. that Rising had, the thirty-seven percent, not great. The shots might have been equal there, but I don't think that Rising's chances were—even if they're creating chances, they just weren't the same quality of chances that yeah. that Rising were creating. And uh, and most of the dangerous know, things took place in the first half. Uh, there was, uh, of course, the exactly. goal by Sejas, and then I think Arturo Rodriguez had another one that went straight to the keeper's uh, hand. So, yeah, not not great. Yeah, there was uh, quite a bit in there that just wasn't great, was it? I mean, the defensive transition, I think, is one of the main things, and that's something that I really think we kind of need to talk about, which was they were giving the ball away, and maybe it was the shape that they were in. Um, I know that Rick defended that today, said, look, it wasn't the formation. It was more about just, you know, the tactic itself was sound. It's just maybe the the team themselves weren't properly prepared to play in that tactic, which, you know, is a problem in and of itself. And I think there were moments where Rising was losing that ball in the midfield and it was just very, very quick and the defense couldn't recover. Um, they didn't really know quite how to recover yeah. in that situation. The communication wasn't there. There were there were so many things. In fact, I believe that we do have uh, one video there that uh, Rick spoke about what exactly went wrong and he told us a bit more in detail about that today so maybe go have a look at that one now because it all fell apart and it was all awful I was embarrassed I was embarrassed for the players I talked to them this morning about that that I don't feel bad for myself I, I never do it's it's about them I have empathy for those guys and believe it or not whether they I have empathy for the supporters I have empathy for the fans I know that they work all week and they want to come out and see us play but the thing that is hard for me at times is to realize what we've done over the last five years is, is set such a high bar. And for us to, to play like that, it wasn't enough. And, and the guys understand that. And that's what they were talking about today. As far as how where it went wrong, and we had three turnovers that led directly to goals. So defensive transition was the biggest problem. And when you play a 3-4-3 or a 3-4-2-1 and you lose the ball, um, you have to stop the play immediately. You have to be aggressive. Someone has to stop the counterattack right away. And and we didn't do that. We dropped off. We let them run at us. And, and they've got some very good players, and they exposed us. I think that's something, and, and Rick's kind of right there when he says about you've got to be winning the ball back very quickly when you're in that kind of a formation because the way that the formation worked, uh, if you look back at it, is that you had Santi and Arturo higher up the pitch. They often were kind of, slightly more inside they were coming in 
more a little bit. And so you were getting a lot of width from those fullbacks in terms of Ryan Flood down the one and Darnell King down the other. They were very, very aggressive on Sunday, mm-hmm. those two. Being out wide, they're providing the width in that. And the result of that is that you kind of then just have those three guys at the back. And if you can't win the ball back very quickly and Tampa are attacking with three players or maybe even four yep. players you've really got a bit of a problem on your hands there Uh, because you end up in a case, and I know we saw it, I believe, on the third goal more than anything, whereby Joe Farrell's kind of watching two people. And when you're doing that, you're never going to have success. Yeah. Yeah, no, that that third goal, I think, was just, uh, uh, which one was it? I think it was when, uh, I'm trying to look at my notes here, but there was one play, I forget which goal exactly, but uh, Kalistra had the ball in the midfield, and it was a great attack by Rising. They were coming up. They had people. Uh, Kalistra had people on the on his right flank. It was King, and then Howley. I saw his look because I was, I was like, he's gonna go for it. But as soon as he did, he Kalistri lost the ball, uh, and and it got stolen in the middle of the field. Now with Howley up, King up, there's no one back there besides Farrell. And in that formation with the three in the back, you expect. Howley to maybe stick around a little bit longer and see how the play will develop before moving forward. Because by doing that, he left that huge gap. And like you're saying, Farrell was left to pick and choose his poison. Is is Lunt going to come out? Should I just go for it? And unfortunately, I think none of them, you know, did the right thing. And it was just an easy goal. And, and I think that I think that goal more than anything really, you know, brought down the team and said, you know what, this is it's happening again. You know, it's kind of like another flashback of Galaxy. And, and if we remember against Galaxy 2, it could have been a lot worse than that 3-0, yeah. and especially in the second half. So it's – it's and we we talked about it then. We talked it again, uh, about uh, San Antonio as well, that the, that game could have been a lot closer, but because of Lunt and his, his great saves, Rising were able to get the win. So this isn't something new. This isn't something that just happened from one game to another. It's a pattern now, and it has to be addressed. Yeah, and I think that, you know, since you brought up that Howgley, uh, where his position it was on that third goal, I think you've really got to... Guys, if you're watching this and you haven't watched that third goal back, go and look closely and see where Sivat Howgley is. Because he <laughs> is effectively bombing up the touchline to yeah. the degree that when the ball hits the back of the net, he's not in the frame. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it he was hu- he's and- back. Yeah, but... Yeah, he's yeah, he, he's rushing back, but it's... Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting one because I think that with Sivit, you've got a guy who, and, and Rick kind of said about this today as well, whereby he's someone who's quite versatile. You know, yes, he's a centre-back for rising. He he did play in defensive midfield in college. It's something that they've thought about is could you put him in that kind of a role? They were wedded to the three, three centre-backs kind of set up mm-hmm. for this Tampa game, which is why that wasn't really on the table. But it, it was something that they thought about. But I don't know. It, it it really was. And I think we've got to be quite clear here. That was one of the worst overall rising performances we've seen. Mm-hmm. It was it was just bad. There's, there's no sugarcoating that. There's no real way to, to try and take positives out of it. I don't think there are positives to take out of it, really. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, we could probably try and scrape a few if we wanted. Maybe but... the first fifteen minutes, like I, I thought, they 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 played to their advantage and they were able to get that that goal really quickly. But uh, I think even Rick said it himself in the post game conference. They got a little complacent after that first goal, and that's when the the spaces opened up. So, um, I do want to ask you about that that last video that we just watched, Owen, because he says, "Look, the the formation worked." Um, and and I read somewhere right now that. He said that uh, they just didn't have enough time to work on that formation. Now, if you're a coach, you have Tampa Bay, historically a great team in the USL, definitely not having their best start to the season, but still dangerous. And he's acknowledged that a few times. Why would you send your team out with the formation that you haven't practiced enough? So is it because they just didn't fulfill their duties as players or is it because they didn't have enough time in the formation? So he keeps flip-flopping here on why – Rising lost that badly to Tampa. So in your opinion, what what do you make of that? Well, I think one thing to... Well, what Rick has said about this, at least, and let's go into that and try and dissect a little bit more about why he went with this. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a situation where early in the season, they were leaking goals in a way that Rising just isn't kind of used to doing so. Mm-hmm. And that's why this year he's kind of decided to try try it out with that free at the back kind of system yeah. when you're coming up against teams that pl- typically play two center forwards or they were kind of expecting like dual tens for for Tampa Bay so it was it kind of a complicated one in that sense I think that 
from a from a perspective, he did also admit today that there's something that really that coaching staff have to evaluate, which is why why aren't they prepared to go out there and play like that? And that's something that I, I think it's something that ultimately at the end of it comes down to the coaching staff on that one. Because if the system, if the players aren't confident in the system, if there's clearly going to be com- breakdowns in communication, that's something that the coaching staff have to resolve. Mm-hmm. And you know, clearly. Uh, on that Tampa game, that wasn't the case. Uh, and yeah. quite how they bounce back now for New Mexico is is the test for them there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. And, and along with the formation, putting the players in, in maybe not their natural positions. And I know Rick Schantz is juggling injuries and lack of form, and he's trying to find the right pieces. So uh, I, I feel because of those, you know, two things, I think he has to make changes. And, and obviously he's, tr- he's attempted to, but... I think one of the big changes, at least on Saturday, that I didn't agree with was taking uh, Arturo Rodriguez out of the midfield. I felt like you lost some of the the ball recovery, which I know has been some of his issues this year. But then after recovering, his creativity, his his ability to feed or, or spread the ball wide, I think that was really missing as well in, in that rising attack. So a lot of different things. I, I think there's not, based on everything that I'm gathering on, on the video and what I've been reading, is that there's not one clear cut answer on how to solve this team it's it's a variation of things and and it's only with, with time and practice and, and diligence and and that's the only way it's going to get fixed on the on the field yeah and i mean just to just to the point about arturo i thought that the way that he played was a bit weird um it didn't quite seem to fit even a a typical winger kind of mm-hmm. uh you know, positioning at times he seemed to drift a bit i don't think he was necessarily the most comfortable in that position um yeah. And at the same time, again, you're right. You need that creativity in the middle of the park. In some way, for example, Joey Calistri can do a very good job for this team. But is he necessarily going to be that creative spark? I don't think that he is. Um, and that's why then when you look at it that way, okay, you, you, you're kind of losing something in that midfield yeah. by moving him out. Now, overall, though, you are correct, right? There are a lot of things to deal with with this team. A lot of things that kind of need to be worked out almost. And, you know, I, I said this on Twitter and I'm going to double down on it now, but I want to get some opinions if I can here on this from, from you, Ramon, and from the chat. I think that this, fixing this problem, which I think is something that has gone deeper than just like this past game. It goes to the Galaxy game. I think they were the 3-0 win over San Antonio flat at this team. I think that there were incidents earlier in the season where we were dealing with, in some cases, the exact same kind of problems where, for whatever reason, it's mm. hard to put a particular finger on it, but it's not working. And I think that even during that month when Rising won every game, they either were doing something against lesser opposition or they were being bailed out by moments of, of brilliance. Yeah. And in some cases, both. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that this is probably fixing this and turning this into something that will actually look like a Phoenix Rising season that will reach the expectations that kind of we've we've effectively come to expect from Rising. I think this is the biggest challenge that Rick Shantz has faced as a coach of this club. I think this is harder than 2019. And part of that is just because the expectation is there now in a way it wasn't back then. The expectations are through the roof at this club. I think if you don't, you know, we're not talking about making the playoffs. We're talking about if you don't have a, a home playoff game for that first round, at least we're talking about a disappointing season. Yeah, that, no. That's the kind of standard that we've got here. If not judging him by how far they go in the, in the playoffs at the end of the year. Yeah. So I no. think that this is the toughest challenge that Rick Chance has faced in his tenure as manager here. Mm-hmm. And you know, Ramon, I've spoken for a while there, so I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that over to you and see what you have to add on this topic. No, and I, I know you've you've mentioned the the 2019 season where they didn't get off to a really great start. Um, and but uh, in your article on Go PHNX, which is a great article, if you guys haven't uh, read it, please subscribe uh, to our Go PHNX website. Uh, you mentioned the fact that after that disappointing start to the season, they went on a 20 game winning streak, like. And that's not going to yeah. be replicated. I, I doubt it. No. Doubt it. That's and in not fact, just to, just to put this in perspective, that 20-game mm-hmm. win streak in that season started in this last game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they are already starting to turn it around at that point. Game one of the 20 was game number 10 of the season, which for mm-hmm. Rising this year was Tampa Bay on Sunday. There you go. 
And now it's a third of the season. We still aren't seeing Santi Moore score. I felt like he's been playing better. Uh, he, he, he had that pass to Arturo, um, which led to the, the, the first goal for, for rising against Tampa, or their only goal. Um, Marcus Epps, he came in, uh, looked frustrated, honestly, when he came in during the second half. He looked frustrated out, out there on the field. And Luis Seijas is the leading scorer for this team. Not one of the strikers, not one of the wingers. Luis Seijas has five goals this season. Greg Hurst uh, is taking the mantle of, of being the, the, the second leading scorer. But after that, it drops off tremendously. Musa has only played one game and he has one goal and he's one of the, the, the three leading, uh, some, one of the leading scorers for this team. So that tells you how, what's going on. Now, if you look at the statistics uh, a little bit more in depth, Rising shoots the most shots out of anybody in the league. Yeah, and they good shots. No. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. And so I think injury, especially now with Quinn, uh, we'll get to that a little bit later on with him missing last game, that creativity is just going to plummet. So something needs to be done for that uh, creative spark to 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 come about. Um, you know what I'll say? Yes. You know what I'll say? Because you mentioned Santi in there and said he's playing better. And I agree that I think that last uh Last Sunday was one of his better performances that we've seen this season, which mm. is to be expected to a degree, right? He started off slow, then he had the injury. You'd expect that by about now he's starting to get back up. But is he the Santi Moa that is that performance the Santi Moa that we've come to expect, or was it just a good performance that you can't knock? Because to me, what I'm seeing here is a guy who's not cutting inside as much who's not necessarily taking defenders on in quite the same way that he used to. Yes, mm -hmm. he made some very good passes from out wide, but there's a difference between having a good game and having a game that we expected him based on his past performance at this club and the kind of way that we got used to seeing him mm -hmm. to have. And I think that all it was was a good game rather than the kind of performance does terrorize some of these defenses just by taking them on by cutting inside and by forcing chances himself mm -hmm. rather than just knocking them across for others yeah and i and i see that and i've noticed that a few times and and you know i uh i want to shout out the chat really quickly i haven't really acknowledged you guys but seeing everybody i like being down on the field because you can notice these things on the field as far as like the tendencies of the players when you're down there uh that you really don't see on tv and one of those is that cutting in that you're talking about with Santi, where before he would take maybe one dribble, and that was a quick enough dribble to get a little bit of separation between him and his defender. And before that second defender was able to close in on that space, he was able to launch a shot. I have not seen that this season at all. That's something that's yeah. concerning to me. And it and it was a little bit and it happened before the injury, but now with the injury and him trying to regain his form, it's even more of concern. Because if you take that, which is his bread and butter. You kind of force them into just running the the, the sideline and launching uh, crosses, and so I think by doing that, his his dimensions as a as a player, as an attacking uh, player, just they they get cut down, and he's not as dangerous as he was last year. And I think that's going to hurt Rising a lot if he's not able to re regain that form. And you know that kind of touchline hugging behavior is something that can work to an extent, typically mm. when you have Claudio out there, because that's the thing, right? Claudio's a target nine on a team that doesn't play direct and doesn't typically give good aerial service mm. into the box. Well, if you can turn him into a guy who has that as an option with someone like Claudio, yeah. then I think that that could be very interesting. The problem is that, yeah, you don't want him to become someone who who looks more one-dimensional in that sense and isn't necessarily cutting inside as much. He's got to keep the defense honest because we know that we know that Santi can do that. Mm -hmm. We know that he can take those defenders on, that he can cut inside and take those shots. But, you know, he, he's got to do it now. And I, I'm not quite sure why. I'm not sure why we haven't seen that as much or why it feels mm -hmm. like we haven't seen that as much. But it's definitely something that's missing. Yeah, for sure. Um, touching on some more numbers over here. So in the month of May, uh, not a great start for rising, uh, their goal differences, uh, they have three in favor, 10 against this far, uh, so far in May. And they have three, a total of three red cards. Uh, we also have a graphic Owen that you made where, uh, it has how many times rising has lost by four or more goals if I'm correct. Uh, yeah. Only three times. Emma actually, I tell you what, I'll give the credit to Emma. Emma did actually right, make this. Don't give me the credit for this. <laughs> Thank I, you, Emma. My ego doesn't require it. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, not not great numbers, of course, in the month of May. And it's in the and it really it was really surprising on Sunday for them to lose by that amount. Why? Because if you look at the history of rising, uh 4-0 Fresno away, May May 2017, their the their worst home loss, which is a 4-0 home loss to Reno. Mm-hmm. It's been three years, I'd say, or yeah. around three years since since they lost well, I, that many goals. I realize this is probably my fault. There is a typo in there. It's not 21 anymore, is it? It's 22. But 22, um, yeah. <laughs> four God, years. The years keep I, I ever since ever since COVID, I'm losing track of years here. But um there were, of course, six occasions prior to that when it was Arizona United where they yeah. lost by four or five. But yeah, and even even back in those days, though, you know, Arizona United never conceded five goals at home. Mm-hmm. That that's this is the first time that this club has conceded five goals in a home match. Um, it's grim. It's grim, and you know we can we can talk about all the the ways to pick them up now. Um, I think on that note, we should probably get another video in here, which again coming in from training, which was what was kind of the vibe here t- uh, today. What was the feeling in training, and of course with the players meeting, how did that go down? They were good today, very, very sharp, um, very aggressive for a re-entry day. Um, you know, I, I think uh, there was a players-only meeting this morning, and then I had a meeting with just the players and myself, um, just kind of reminded them what our values are and where we are as a club and an organization and, and what it means to be at Phoenix Rising, and uh, they came out ready to go. Um, you know, there's injured players that are trying their very best. They're trying to do everything they can, and um, hopefully we can get some guys back and, and move forward. But you just I told all of them, I said, we'll have one one day uh, before training, a little bit of meetings, and after that we got to start thinking about New Mexico. Rick said that there'd been a bit of a meeting this morning. Anything that you can share from that? Well, we had a players meeting. Then the coaches came in and talked to us. Uh, we obviously need to address a lot of things that went on on Sunday because obviously this that's not how you know Phoenix is and and we definitely didn't play under the standards that this organization has established over the years so for us to to have this wake up call and obviously we can we have to talk about things and and address these things early on if we want to improve and and get better Tell you what, Santi was fixing his hair in the uh, looking in the reflection from the camera before the uh, <laughs> for the interview. There. He did the same thing <laughs> when we interviewed him. So it's, <laughs> a, it's a tough it's a tough one to be fair with that because he's just come in from training and I'm sure his hair is a bit of a mess after that. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's the message seems to have gone through. I think to the boys that it, it's just. I mean, I mean, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? When you lose five one, they, mm-hmm. they know. They know exactly what. The view was they know. I think it doesn't take much to to look online and see what social media is saying. And of course, some of them, Santi included, I believe Babu also mm-hmm. uh, posted as well. You know, there's no excuses going forward. Uh, no excuses at all. They need to be better than what that was. Now, Owen, you you've been covering Rising for a long time. Is too this- long. <laughs> <laughs> too long <laughs> has this been the only time where there had to be a, a, pl- a players meeting in this fashion where they're, they're coming no. off, coming off a they, they, they happen every so often um is it necessary times when... to hear that it not i i mean it depends on what sense you think of it as bad because look the results have been poor um mm. it's a good thing that they know that it's a good thing that there's some degree of taking ownership of that i think and it happens every so often when rising go for a bad run and knowing of course that what the the low bar here for what a, a bad run is by rising standards mm. you know we start to have those conversations and the players have them too and i think that at the end of the day i, I don't think it's a bad thing to hear that they've done that it's more of a realization of the position that they're in and what's got on i mean all of that is stuff that we can see to what in front of us um mm. From their perspective, it's just a reminder that, look, whatever's going wrong, we've got to find a solution. And if anything, it shows more of a willingness from the boys to buy into that, I think, more than anything negative. You know who out of the players wanted to have this meeting or or led the meeting? I don't have any information on that. What I do know, again, is that I believe the, the first meeting was literally just the players. 
and then Rick came in after. Um, and this so is awesome. I'd imagine I'd imagine that's the leadership among them. So mm-hmm. guys like Donnell and, and Aiden, I'd imagine are probably the the ones who called that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, no, I I think the players when you especially when you hear in, in media, it's like, hey, players only meeting, you know, they're someone when when you hear that, you you kind of tend to think that there's issues in the locker room. I don't think that's the case in this team. So if if you're having a meeting, is it more of like like a like a cheer up kind of thing? Like, hey guys, we know we can do this. We know we can play better. It's not more of like pointing fingers and trying to clear the air kind of meeting. It's more of a let's look forward. Let's forget about this loss and you know continue to work hard. Is that the sense that you got speaking to Santi and, and Rick? Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a. You know, it's not necessarily a positive, happy kind of, cheer, you know, cheer people up type thing. It's not going to be a finger pointing exercise. I would, I'd be very surprised if that was the case. Uh, not least because, to be perfectly frank, I don't think there are many people who would escape the finger pointing over the past few weeks. Um, I think that sometimes it's just as a as a team, you need to you need to have that reminder that, quite frankly, the performances haven't been up to scratch. Um, uh, and just you know, I, I, it was described to me. Someone someone told me about you know the need at least for uh, the need for the boys to have some kind of come to Jesus moment. And I, I you know that the, the performances over recent weeks just haven't been of of that ilk, and uh, they should be. So yes, I think that you know in here the comment that we've got here about you know players know they need to take responsibility and put an onus on themselves. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably just more reiterating that, and it's accepting that kind of level of collective responsibility for where things are going that yeah I, I it's not it's not a solely negative thing but i don't think it's necessarily just a kind of positivity kind of circle either for sure for sure um i do have some more questions about the the training today and some updates and of course what happened on sunday on the post game so before we get to those owen i do want to tell our listeners and our viewers right now about og's brands if you guys haven't yet make sure to stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch made thc gummies from our friends at og's uh they have different flavors like blackberries and cream uh blackberries and cream and watermelon i'm partial to the pineapple that's the one that i've liked the most or enjoyed uh and they're perfect if you're in the mood for an uplifting sativa or a chill indica so whatever your preference is they got them both so if you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find an OG's near you. All right. Shout out to OG's. Uh, I need to uh, uh, re- resupply my, my stash over here. Um, but yeah, shout out to OG's. All right. So, uh, Owen, uh, any updates on injuries um, from today? Yeah. So in general... What we know is that uh, James Musa is back in full training. We do not know at this point whether he'll be available on Saturday. Uh, the indication from Rick was, you know, this that's still in question. Regardless, we may well be looking at him not being able to put in a full 90. So those are things to consider. Everybody else, there was no update on. So mm-hmm. at this point, all of them are kind of in the... the little never zone of not really knowing are they going to be back are they not the kind of day-to-day is how they're evaluating them now some of those guys might be back in time mm-hmm. guys like channing we'd expect probably won't be um i i don't know it's you know I, and and even hearing oh, about man. people needing <laughs> people needing trips to the trainers table after today i, I don't know we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes so if Musa's back in, we'll know no Joe Farrell for against New Mexico. Unfortunately, he did receive yep. a red card. Suspension. So uh, you have Haugli, you have Madrid, Musa. Not, I wouldn't call him 100 percent right. So should we expect maybe uh, a, a return to maybe a, a backline of of two center backs and not not the three that we saw this weekend? Interesting, because we of course saw New Mexico uh, here twice, and, and Rising did try to employ that back three. Um, mm-hmm. They did it in the cup game, and they did it for part of the league game. I think that purely injury-wise, we're going to see a return to the back four. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that the question marks that we've got there over people, unless it turns out that there's some miracle recovery for Kev Lambert <laughs> and James Musa, and they're all back. 
No, I think we're looking at a back four simply because how do you how do you you know deal with the fact that you've got what Sivert Haugli, Manuel Madrid, and a somewhat fit James Musa? Yeah. You you can't. That that's again, we're talking about whether James may not be able to go 90 minutes. So are you gonna factor in the fact that you're gonna have to change your formation part through the game just because a guy can't make it the whole I right, no, no. Yeah, and even if let's say Lambert and Quinn like by some miracle are able to play that I'm I doubt they would go the the 90 minutes uh regardless. So um Babu, he wasn't in the last game. Was it due to suspension or was he a little knocked up? Yeah, it was suspension, wasn't it? Suspension. Think about it. He was sent off in the um, previous league game, the San Antonio one. Gotcha. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, hopefully we'll see a return now. Uh, there was a, some clips from the social media team from Rising uh, of Rick Schantz talking about Jacob Harris. Is, is he uh, going to return with the team, or is he? was this just kind of like a one-time thing? Interesting. Is it it's, it's an inter- Jacob, Jacob's an interesting one because he's a guy who I'm told didn't get a whole lot of uh, – attention from colleges and here he is playing in a professional game so um yeah. i i i don't know it's it's interesting i mean look rick said some very complimentary things about jacob of course he came in at a time in the game where that game was over um it, it kind of is just how um you know the position that he was in really the game was over nothing else really to worry about so chuck him out there and i, I think he looked fine but it's mm-hmm. You don't want to put a kid in at the deep end, I think, in a in a close game where it really is important and potentially wreck his confidence. I think that yeah. keep him in the squad when they're struggling. And the reason why is they're struggling, obviously, with, with injury issues at the moment. So keep him around the squad, sure. But I'm not sure I'd go as far as to say that he should, you know, really become a mainstay. For sure, for sure. Uh, I do want to shout out Edwin. He's in the chat talking smack. Out there, Edwin. Oh, come on, take that Neymar uh, picture off. But yeah, shout out to Edwin. Hope you're doing great over there in H Town. Well, rumor is, rumor is, of course, and you know, Mm. don't want to name any names, but Edwin might be soon replaced. What? Okay. There's some big, big transfer news coming potentially. Transfer news. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of transfer news, uh, Jeff here has a. A good question, and uh, I'm going to ask you here, and in the rest of the chat, if you want to chime in, how do we address the depth issue? It's just not that. Uh, it's just not there like it has been in the past. Uh, good which question. Because uh, I was told, or a lot of people were saying that this was the deepest team that Rising has ever had. So, what do you make of that? And I had this question actually on my notes here. I was going to ask you if maybe Rising should look for a winger. Someone that can play either side, a little bit fast, a little bit more uh, attacking-minded as far as dribbling and and finding spaces like that. So what what do you think? I think the problem is, it's not necessarily depth. Um, It's that we've never really seen the level of injury to key players that we've seen this year. Yeah, we've never had a situation when you've had Musa Lambert Quinn or players of that ilk all yeah. out for a few weeks at the same time. Key players. That just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those key guys. And then at the same time, you've got other key guys out there who just aren't hitting. And all of that is happening at the exact same time. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's the thing. There's a lot of depth issues come from the fact that when you've got a team that is, you know, nine out of 11 players out there, you can find guys who can fill in those other two spots pretty well. Mm-hmm. But, when you've got then, you know, issues elsewhere. And I mean, even even the depth that does exist, they necessarily direct replacements for some of these guys. I mean, Kalisha would be a good choice on the wing, but he's needed at fullback. I can see. Uh, or in the middle of the field. So <laughs> Yeah, he's apparently in the middle of the field as well. You know, that's the thing about Kalistri. He is uh, not just the New Mexico killer, but he's the utility man. He, he plays everywhere, seemingly. I, I really just know? prefer him to be their fullback or on the wing. That I don't think the midfield is... The best spot for him, from what I've seen. I, Not that he's from, he can't play, but it's just I I, I prefer him in those positions instead. I, I I tend to agree with you. He's a utility central midfielder mm-hmm. when it's desperately needed, not a by choice central midfielder to me. But um, I I don't know. It's it's interesting because there is a lot of 
I mean, where's the depth? You want you want in the on the wing. You want an extra player there, which I understand. That's yeah. more because they're not firing at the moment, isn't it? Really, um, I, yeah. he's making a bit of a comeback, but it's not fully there. And then um, Marcus is playing like Marcus is playing, um, and didn't actually make the eleven in the last game. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. It's and, and, uh, not, and I don't want to say that you know I'm not going to use the worst the word bust here with with Marcus Epps. I think there's still a lot of time in the season. I know, I know, I know. I saw you just face. brought the word out, Ramon. I'm not going to throw it out there, but I, look, what I'm saying you is you already have. But how much time do you do you give Marcus Epps, right? And you know, I it kind of it kind of tugged at my heart a little bit seeing. Uh, uh, solo in the in the indie gear today. You know they posted some pictures of him at training over there at the indie eleven, and it makes you think. It's like, look, Solo's not here. Marcus Epps is not playing up to what we thought he, he he we think he should be able to be doing. Is it time to maybe bring someone else, someone that's not a Joey Calistri who can fill in there and he's great, and but someone else that's maybe kind of that's his specialty. You know, being on the right wing or being some sort of winger that's able to kind of fill in for those at least for a little bit, uh, if Marcus Epps is not playing uh, as well as he should. So are you, are you telling me that you were like that meme where you're just lying down with a photo frame of Solo today? Oh, the Wolverine one? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. A little you know, bit, a little bit. Um, bit. I mean, it's... oh, and I mean, Michael's here saying that he doesn't think that um, Epps has done less than, than Santi has, and... Yeah, I, I agree, but I see Santi's had the injury in there. That's that's where I give him a little bit more mm-hmm. leeway, and also he's done more at this club, let's mm-hmm. say, um, and he's a much more proven goal scorer. So, yeah. you know, all of those things are elements that we can put into this. I think from Marcus's perspective, it's I, I don't know. Um, I mean, listen, you're not going to get Rick to kind of badmouth one of his players, so yeah, of course. we're not going to get a clear. Um, indication if you know the thing starts to go away from it but it's you know there's just points and i mean the passing isn't there it's, it's not wrong um decision making the comments there mm-hmm. decision making at times has not been necessarily the best but decision making has not been the best around the board um i don't know I, I feel like to a degree and perhaps this is perhaps we should also address this though is i guess kind of why we're giving sadly credit for it there but Probably something we should address around the ball, which is that when a team has been performing badly, one of the first people you look to point the fingers at are people who are new. Mm-hmm. No one necessarily has been fantastic, save yeah. for a few fantastic performances from certain people. I think that Greg Hurst has proven his spot in this in this team was deserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, does he show up every game? No, but no striker does. Um, you know, if a guy is scoring every other game, then they're more than paying for themselves um as a striker but you know I, I think that we do point a lot of fingers probably at Marcus Epps simply because overall it's not working mm-hmm. and he's a perfect example of well he's new in the squad is it him yeah and maybe that's unfair mm-hmm. um you know I, I I don't think that you can necessarily point at Epps and say that he's been worse than some of the other people out there because I think that overall the team just hasn't been up to it but I don't know I don't know. No, and I don't think uh, I'm not saying like this. The entire you know way the team has been performing and why Rising is losing in in the manner they did on Sunday is entirely on Marcus Epps. No, that I think there's numerous factors. I think it comes from the top. Honestly, I think with coaching and the formations and what kind of players are around him and what type of form they're in, uh, I think it comes from the coaching uh, perspective. In my opinion, now as far as the individual playing. I, I feel Marcus Epps could do a little bit better and in, in how BJ is saying here with this great comment, you know, he, he hasn't been good with his passes. One-on-one has gotten better, and we've seen it from preseason to the first few games of the season till now, a lot better. But I, we've seen what he can do in San Antonio, and if there was either, you know, even a quarter of that here, I think Rising would be a lot more dangerous and a lot more successful. That's the only Absolutely. Thing. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you, uh, everybody in the chat, for your comments. Always appreciate that. Um, before we kind of uh, finish off here with today's show, I do want to tell tell you guys about DraftKings. So I know our sons are out of the playoffs. That was really rough on Sunday. But you guys can still get in on the NBA playoff action because it is nonstop. The, 
the Eastern and Western Conference Finals are in full effect. And you guys can use the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, to place your bets on these uh, Eastern and Western Conference Finals. So uh, this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Um, with that, you can use the DraftKings Same Game Parlays, where you can stack multiple bets in order to get um, a higher amount of winnings. And all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit, which is an amazing deal. So if you haven't yet, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You do have to be 21 and over to bet. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Well, you know what, chat? I need some help here. I need some help here because you know what? My NBA betting doesn't go well, so I want you to tell me, who do I need to bet on to jinx them? Who do we want to lose? Please, flood the chat. Tell me who needs to lose so we can go and bet on them. Well, Dallas, of Low course. Low stakes only, of course. So we want <laughs> Dallas out. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be Celtics and Warriors. At least, right, at least I'll, go bet, I'll go bet on Luca for everything. Oh, my God. I hate that guy. I hate the fact that he speaks Spanish, too, because during his uh, press conference, he was talking in spanish because he played in spain of all the things to hate him for it's just like, come on <laughs> man like, that one in particular yeah and then tony cruz from real madrid is sending him chats on twitter like come on man just shut up it's it's annoying but <laughs> 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 all right owen uh let's talk about some usl championship results let's start with what happened last weekend and then we'll, we'll talk about what's going on uh tomorrow and maybe some games further up this week so uh, the one that kind of stood out to me was LA Galaxy. Yes, Friday night. Yes. Yeah, versus Louisville. So four what, three. Oh, yeah, how does that happen? Is is Galaxy just the Jekyll and Hyde here, where you know they get beat by three zero, and then they come out and beat Rising three zero, and then they beat the best team in the league in Louisville? <laughs> What's going on there? They scored four goals on six shots. Yep. Four I mean, we saw what they could do. Louisville took 21 shots. Yeah. I, I, uh... I think once they changed the keeper where Richard Sanchez just was out of the lineup, they got a lot better. That's in my opinion, because I know there was one. Yeah, so the attacking was always Weird stuff. Uh, Orange County, uh, 5-1 over Tulsa. Look at all these 5-1s. That's an uh, absolute thumping. Jeez uh new mexico over charleston you got hartford uh three two over the baby bulls uh pittsburgh uh with the tight one over el paso san antonio yeah yeah definitely uh, el paso was uh having a good game that one detroit four to two against loudon memphis i think we're gonna need to talk a little bit about memphis man because they're they're wrecking some people over there uh yeah apparently they- people people can't play on the uneven baseball surface <laughs> <laughs> They're uneven because they can't flatten the mound properly, apparently. I... Mm. We, got, we better get used to those baseball surfaces because apparently Rising's going to play on one this weekend. Exactly. I'm sure we'll talk about that on Thursday. Of course, of course. Uh, I think it's a competitive advantage, honestly, if you ask me. But yeah. Uh, Las Vegas tied up with Oakland. Um, Monterey, they lose... To RGV Toros, that was a close one. Uh, Monterey was actually leading 1-0, and then RGV came back. And, of course, on Sunday, uh, <laughs> rising loose to the Rowdy. So any of these results besides, you know, the Galaxy and Galaxy one kind of you're keeping an eye out just to make sure that they're uh, doing okay or kind of surprising on your end? One, just as a reminder as well, there was another game that was postponed due to COVID-19 protocols. That one, San Diego Loyal against Colorado Springs switchbacks. There were positive cases within the covered persons in the Colorado Springs camp. So, Uh yeah, that one's going to be made up at a date to be determined, uh, per my understanding at the moment. I think there's a lot of interesting ones in there. I mean, El Paso, Pittsburgh, it's a big win for Pittsburgh, especially with El Paso starting to find their feet again now. Hmm. Um, you know, it, it took a while to click for them, but now that El Paso's clicked, it's it's clicked. Um, and yeah, they, they lose when they got to Pittsburgh. Close game, but good result. Hartford, 
it's confidence. I know it's the baby bulls. It's still mm-hmm. confidence when you're a team that's not necessarily the best. Um, among others, San Antonio, after their three nil loss in Phoenix the weekend prior, go off to Miami FC and pull off a two nil win. That's big. Yeah. It's big yeah, for them to continue making their claim for top spot in the West. Even yeah, beyond yeah. that, though, I mean, Detroit bouncing back with a 4 2 win over Loudon. Was it Loudon? Yes. Is <laughs> it at home also? Yeah. But here's what it is. And then Memphis. You, you mentioned Memphis. You want to focus a little bit on Memphis. Memphis really are a little bit of a shock this year, I think, in that we weren't necessarily expecting them to pull off some of the results that they have. And yet, there they are now. They're sitting in th- fourth spot. They've, unlike Detroit, maybe beaten some teams that really are, you know, eyebrow raises in terms of some of the teams they've beaten. I mean, India, a good team, really. Tampa, you get a result against Tampa. You get a result against Colorado Springs. You know, these are these are good results. So, yeah. hey, I mean, hats off oh, to them. Yeah, for sure. Those are definitely good teams. Uh, but yeah, that Colorado one against San Diego, two, two of the best teams, uh, top, uh, both of them in the top three of the Western conference. So definitely I have to keep an eye out for that one. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Uh, as far as tomorrow, uh, we have Miami against Detroit. Miami is going to be playing at home again, Birmingham against Las Vegas, Memphis against galaxy. That one should be one to keep an eye out. And then, uh, I think the other one as well, El Paso hosting Sacramento Republic. So, uh, yeah, I'll say this one is an interesting one. It's in El Paso. Of course Mm -hmm. you back El Paso. You'd think at home to get a result. However, yeah. over on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, did you know that if you placed the uh, bet on Sacramento to win, you'd currently get plus 300 on that? Oof. I would take you that. You betting against Sacramento? It's not necessarily that they will, right? It's just the fact that that feels like very favorably priced, doesn't it? To. I mean, it's... Yeah. Plus 300. I mean, Detroit to get a result in Miami is plus 235. I'm not sure Detroit will, but... Yeah, I think Miami. No, I mean Miami. I don't think Miami have been that good lately. Yeah, no, they've fallen off. Definitely. Even a draw is two forty. So, mm-hmm. uh, any on the Galaxy Memphis one? Galaxy, so Memphis are the favorites. Galaxy are plus three fifty. If I if I were to bet on this, I'd take Galaxy and I would take Sacramento. We'll see. We'll see. I, maybe I'll put up a bet tonight just to just so you, you know what. You bearing in mind, of course, that if you want to parlay those two. Plus seventeen hundred. Oof. Okay. Now okay. that's tempting. I, it's not going to hit, surely, because I don't <laughs> see both of those happening. I just think that they're. Yeah. That said, if anyone wants to go and do it and try and win a lot of money, let us if know. If you do and it happens, let us know. If you win if some, someone's going to bet on it. Let me know, and I'll put in a little bit of money too. So that way, you guys know that, that I'm not just talking smack over here on the show. But um, he, is he is mostly. He is mostly. Did it last time. It almost hit. <laughs> <laughs> um saturday uh we'll talk about these a little bit further but yeah uh san antonio against colorado hopefully they're back to full fitness uh louisville they're going to be hosting monterey i mean i would just take louisville on that one for sure but uh in the 11 um now we talked a little bit about uh solomon asante um you think he'll make his debut this saturday now that he's no. training with indy no. Yeah. No. So it'll be a while come on he's only just here now um it'll okay. take a while you want to get him training for a couple of weeks and then maybe try using him in. Um, yeah. But it's it's going to be weird, isn't it? It's going to be weird the first time that you see Solomon Asante in a kit in USL that isn't Phoenix Rising. Are you are you rooting for him to be successful in, in Indy? Or are you kind of just, you know, he's not part of Rising, so let's well, kind of forget about it. I think that when you've got a guy who's given as much to the club as he has, I think that you can't do anything but hope for the best for him. Uh, of course, if he plays against Rising, you've got to hope that he gets his ass handed to him completely. But, you know, anything other than that, I mean, does yeah. it, you know, why can you do anything or how can you do anything really other than wish him well, given the, the dedication that he showed to this club over the years? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Are you surprised that it took this long to maybe for him to get signed uh, and maybe start? Uh, basically, he only has, what, 20 games left, something like that? Plus yeah, the, I mean. To the playoffs? It was it was in the works for a little while. Um, 
there's a lot of visa problems right now. And and Rick said this a lot when, when Sievert came in. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of visa issues at the moment, and it's hard to get them processed. So I'd imagine that played a role in this, and that's something that just can't be avoided. It just is what it is. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Um, yeah. He's a player that you'd expect to get a lot of interest from across USL, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Given his pedigree and his past performances. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Well, so we'll see. I'm I'm rooting for him. Hopefully, he's uh usually only plays half a season anyway. Come on, Michael. Ooh. Come on. Come on. All right, all right. Same. But yeah, hopefully, you know, he he gets off to a good start and uh, continues to have a good good time in the U.S. So, uh, Owen, that is it for me. I don't have anything else. Anything else you wanted to to discuss? Oh, I'm trying to think. No, you no. got something. No, no? not really. No. Okay. No. <laughs> Look at BJ. He's like, ouch. Yeah, I saw, you know, kind of veering off a little bit. I saw uh, a video of fans that, uh, I don't know if you guys have heard, if you're local to Phoenix, but Cobra Arcade Bar, they brought a, a Booker jersey and they were stomping on it after the loss on Sunday um, in the middle of the bar. They were stomping on the jersey. So I'm not saying that Phoenix fans are fickle, but I'm just saying that a little bit more loyalty wouldn't hurt. So <laughs> it's a little... So uh, that's up there for everybody. All right, Owen, uh, we will be back on Thursday with the full preview of the game against New Mexico. We already faced them a couple times this season, so uh, we'll be checking out to how they've been since they last met Rising. Um, and if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to our channel. It uh, really helps us out here and helps us grow to find Rising fans like you. We really appreciate that. And if you haven't told a friend, go send them the link. We're going to put it on Twitter a little bit later on. Just send them, just share that link on Twitter. And if you haven't followed us on Twitter either, uh, our handle is phnx underscore underscore rising. Uh, double the underscores. Double the fun. Double the fun. That is right. Yeah, help us out. I, once we got to 500, I think we kind of stalled a little bit. So I, I'm going to make the push to 1,000. So 1,000 followers is our new goal. So if you haven't told a friend, make sure to do that. Uh, help us out. By maybe, like, yeah. I was going to say, maybe we'll do a giveaway if we hit 1,000. We've got some items in the uh, studio that maybe we could try and oh. get them signed and get them out. I'm down to do 750. If we get to 750, I will personally put something in uh, to... to uh, to our uh, fans here and make and, Ramon pay money. Come on, get us to 750. DraftKings, maybe a shirt for you guys. Yeah, whatever we need to get up to there. But yeah, 750, I'll give out something, and then 1,000, we'll figure out something else for you guys. So uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in every t- Tuesday, Thursday, and post game shows. We we love that. And again, if you haven't followed us, make sure to support us on Twitter and of course by subscribing on the YouTube channel. And if you're streaming us right now, we would appreciate you liking, sharing, and giving us a five-star review. All right. Well, I want to thank our producer, Emma. Thank you so much for helping us out today. Owen, thank you for your insight as always. And uh, the chat, thank you again for tuning in. We will be back on Thursday. Until then, be well, be safe, and we'll see you then.